0: Of the uh, six songs we will sing today, it's interesting that five of them, the person who wrote the music also wrote the song. Kind of unusual to see that. That many. Uh, that you'll see it, but uh, it's amazing. How I think of um, Martin Luther just. I mean, being able to do what he did with the, with the writing and the, the Reformation, but then able to. Write a song, then also write music is pretty amazing. So, but you see that with uh, Amazing Grace too, with uh, just the fact that he did that. So, anyway, just a, I always like to look at who's writing it and who's uh, singing. You know, did the music as well. Often we don't give the people credit that write the music part. The words we often do, but not the music. Part. We've been going through a real brief series on the uh, passing it on. The information that's in Scripture and obviously in the book of Proverbs, they were wanting people then to, the parents and grandparents, to then take the information and pass it on. And uh, I often have breakfast with a 90-year-old gentleman who uh, will get on to me says, don't ever use that four-letter word, W-O-R-K. <laughs> Whenever I use that word, he'll grab his heart like he's having a heart attack and fall over And then i tell him, I said, well, if I don't go to work, you won't go get your Social Security check. He said, you better get up and get to work, put some overtime. (laughs) But I think it's interesting when you look at it, uh, work was designed in the Garden of Eden as well, Adam worked. So I think so often people think that work is, is bad, but actuality, work is what we are designed for. It's just uh, originally, we didn't have weeds. That'd be nice, wouldn't it, to be able to plant and not have to worry about weeds? Uh, but today, I'd like to look a little bit about the passing it on, dealing with work as well as wealth and other things. Thomas Edison made this statement. He said, "I never did anything worth doing by accident, nor did any of my inventions come by accident. They came by work." Benjamin Franklin and I don't know if you've ever been to Pennsylvania. I've been to Philadelphia and seen gone into his place and seen some of the works. I mean, that guy was amazing what he was able to do. Uh, the uh, Your bifocals, trifocals, you realize he had those made even in, in his time. Uh, it's pretty amazing what all he could do. But he wrote, diligence is the mother of good luck. and I think amazing, you know, so often we think of that. But work is really important and Scripture talks about it book of proverbs you're going to talk about different groups you're going to have the thief you'll have the sluggard. you'll have the poor and you'll have the diligent worker and so obviously he's wanting to uh, steer us away from one and steer us to be another and so think about the perspective look over in uh, proverbs 16 16 think of the perspective and how often do people really feel this way when it makes this statement, Proverbs 16, 16, how much better is it to get wisdom than gold, and to get understanding is to be chosen above silver? How many people really feel that way? Most people in our country would choose what? They choose the wealth. And here he's saying that wisdom is much, much better, and obviously he had both, so he certainly could, could speak to it. I think it's interesting, so... You know what do you value? Isn't that what we have in Matthew 6 and 33? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and then what? And so I think it's all these things are bad unto you. And most of the time be so caught up in seeking the things that the world seeks that we miss out on true wisdom and true things. Let's look at the first day uh, one. Let's think about the thief, some of his characteristics. Look over in Proverbs 21. Let's go a little bit to the right. Verse 5 The plan of the diligent leads to certainty, surely, but to advantage. But everyone who has hasty comes early to poverty. So the first one is the hasty schemes. The Ponzi schemes, do we have any, really, these get rich schemes? Have you ever had people come and work? And I've had different ones tell me, and you know, they, it's amazing how often you'll have people, and they, they, come, they it's always a new scheme. And they get taken, and then there's a new scheme. and. You know, If it's a, a, a get-rich-quick thing, it almost always will fail. It's also why it appeals so often. It's amazing when I go to the store or get gas. Whenever the Powerball is way up there, especially on a Tuesday, what is about everybody in front of me buying? They're buying the Powerball because you know, it's going to be the one. They're going to win that night. But hasty schemes... Look in verse 6, another one. The getting of treasures by a lying tongue. How many times do we have people lie to you? Trying to get things. They do this especially with older people. They call them on the phone. I have so many elderly people. They, you know, they know enough about the family to get information. Well, Your aunt, you know, your, your granddaughter so-and-so, was, I got her on the side of the road. Uh, she, uh, she needs a car towed. I need a, a credit card number in order to tow her car. You know, That kind of thing. It's amazing how many of the different ones who give it to them and they're just thieves lying that they lie to people to, to get something. And you and all and I always have them calling all the time trying to do similar things. in chapter uh, 20, let's go back a little bit to notice in verse 10 and then also in verse 23 basically the same thing, differing weights and differing measures, both of them are abomination before the Lord and 23 basically <laughs> says the same thing. Differing weights are abomination to the Lord, and a false scale is not good. Stealing—that happens, don't they? I know Dad lost his job because, and, and we worked in uh, Texas. We had a had a scale. If you were on the one side, he would say 12 ounces a pound, but on his side, it may only be 15 or 14 ounces. So they were then cheating people on the scales. And stand up to the boss and you lose your job. Uh, my brother did the same thing, a uh, new job, and there was an international company and they were wanting to be a CPA, wanting him to cook the books. They were making money overseas, but they were not making money at home. They wanted to take the money from overseas and switch it on the books to make it look like they're making a profit both places. You say, no, we don't need your services anymore. I think it's important though what care what, what do you care more about is your character? And uh, remember working at a grocery store when the individual would put ice in the hamburger meat. Why would you do that? Increases the weight. But what happens when you get home? Water's coming out, you're trying to make hamburger? Well, that's short-lived. They also would put a chemical in it to make the meat stay red longer. Well, what happens if you have a person with health issues? Can they be allergic to that chemical? So, there's a lot of things that go on in, in any business where people then are thieves, they steal, they do things to you. And I think it's important choices that you have in Proverbs 13, you're know, thinking about a thief or whatever. Proverbs 13, in verse 11. Wealth obtained by fraud dwindles, but the one who gathers by labor increases it. So, if you want something, you need to do what? Work for it. Work for it. I've often, I remember growing up, I was, you know, at the time for all of us, uh, we were a little upset my parents didn't buy us a vehicle. They couldn't. But when you go to school and everybody, you know, the, so many in your school have cars that their parents bought for them was amazing how much better i took care of the car that i had which wasn't near as nice as theirs it's amazing how much better i took care of a car that i paid for versus the one that was given to them the same thing can be true in a lot of things how well do we take care of things that we work for we're told to work for also in chapter 11 notice in verse 25 and then also in and you have the same thing in 26 Anxiety is the heart of the man weighed down, but a good word makes him glad. The righteous is a guide to his neighbor. I'm in chapter 12. No wonder it didn't make sense. <laughs> I moved one over. Notice in verse 25 of chapter 11. The generous man will be, will be prosperous, and he who waters will himself be watered. He withholds grain, the people will curse him, but blessing will be on the head of him who sells it. We have to be willing to share it. You have the same thing, you remember the man in, in, the, uh, in Matthew who then had all this wealth and he's going to build more barns. He had people that could use it. Or he could sell it and help <coughs> the people, but no, he's going to keep it all to himself. So you work hard, but when you have things and others are in need, you're willing to share. So here you have the, the thief who wants to have schemes, lying and stealing, and it's just for him or do we work for things but it's not just for me but as I get it I'm willing to share with people that need it I think it's in consideration you remember in the New Testament, 1 Thessalonians uh, Paul then gets on to the Thessalonians that they needed to work between 1 Thessalonians and 2 Thessalonians they thought that the rapture had taken place in 2 Thessalonians a lot of them were just sitting and waiting and he says in verse 11 if you don't work you don't eat you don't eat I think it's very, very important for us to recognize the same thing. Uh, it's one thing It's when you see where our country has gone today, I have a table. I had an elderly lady, Mrs. Ketchum, the one who Ruthie's named after. She had a table, a little card table, and uh, she wanted to throw it away. And I thought, you know, solid wood card table, why would you throw it away? So I said, well, can I have it. Sure, you can have it. Well, it had on the top of it, it had originally, it had imprinted on it, uh, like for checkers or playing a game. So I sanded it down just to finish it. Along the back of it, it has the symbol NRA. It was only in existence for about two years and considered unconstitutional. What does the NRA stand for? National Relief Act. During the Great Depression, you had to work. They didn't just give you things. You had to work for it. So people built this and built other things in order to get something from the government with food or whatever it was, you had to work to get it, and this is what they built in exchange for it. Uh, I still have that little sticker on the bottom because I thought it was kind of interesting. But I think it's important in the Old Testament you were not given things. You had to work for it. Ruth was the same way. When she came, the food, you know, there was a a surplus, uh, things were left in the field. They didn't, weren't supposed to clean it 100%, and then Boaz also tossed out some extra. But if they wanted to eat, they had to what? Gather. They had to go to the field and gather. And I think it's important in our country what it is. Everybody's always afraid of losing a vote, so they won't really insist on that. But we need to do that. But I want you to think about it. Do I want to earn it? Or do I just simply want somebody to give to me? second one, like I said, a companion to the thief is a sluggard. It's interesting, 17 times in the book of Proverbs, the sluggard is mentioned. <laughs> a lot about it. Go over to chapter 6 and we'll look at just a few things about him. Starting in <clears throat> verse 9 six, How long will you lie down, old sluggard, when you arise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest? And your poverty will come like a vagabond. You'll need like an armed man. So the sluggard, he never wants to get started. Any of us have some jobs we need to get started on? We've been putting up. Go to chapter 12. Another thing. The so sluggard never really gets started. Verse 27. Slawful man does not roast his prey, but the precious possession of a man is diligence. So, in other words, he never completes a job. He gets it, but never, you know, can you imagine shooting something or an animal and you're, it's for food, but you never bother to cook it? I mean, so, in other words, he doesn't complete a job. Do you know of anybody that started a lot of jobs, but they never completed them? They start, never finish. What about chapter 22 on the sluggard? Let's, let's give you three or four of them. Verse 13. The, the sluggard says, The lion is outside. I shall be slain in the streets. In other words, he always has an excuse. Okay. Have you ever been around one? Never gets started. Never finishes. Always has an excuse. You know, a lot of us work with them and you get to chapter twenty six, verse sixteen, he also is deceives himself. I think it's interesting a sluggard is often that way, but I want to think about it, just talking about the sluggard part, what task have I been putting off? Have you ever noticed so often we put tasks off we need to do, and once we get started, it really takes us less time to complete it than it does to just put it off all the time. And what happens it just keeps adding you you know, I have a workbench, and you know it's that way I need to clean it off so then you add something else to it I'll get it later I'm busy I'll get to it later now all of a sudden it looks like a tornado has gone through there I worked on it a little bit yesterday but man a lot uh, it needs to get done I think about it a thief a thief is stealing all the time lying doing whatever he can a slugger never gets started always has an excuse so I think it's interesting for all of us, you know, how we describe it. How are you described by your coworkers? So what type? You know, if a person doesn't uh, do what he can be doing at work, can he be a slugger or a thief? You can be stealing from the company when you are being paid to do a job and you just sit in the truck or don't do it. So I think it's important for us to look at it. You also then have the poor and the needy in the book of Proverbs. Go to chapter ten. We have to think about some reasons for the poor. Verse fourteen. Wise men store up knowledge, but the mouth of the fool ruins foolish ruins in, is ruined in his hand. Uh, I think it's interesting how that you basically they won't work. How many people won't? They're poor, but they won't work. We had one that we the church helped out and they were doing things and he but he wouldn't work. I remember when I was in college, a person asked that we to pray that he could he needed money and did whatever. Uh, and he had a family, but every afternoon he was sitting in the pool all playing pool all the time. It's kind of like, okay, you have a wife and you have a little one. Why aren't you working? You know, you are in need, yes, but you need to work. You know, if you, you know, it wasn't that he couldn't work, he just wanted somebody else to support him. Uh, What about chapter 14, verse 23? (laughs) In all labor there is profit. Mere talk leads only to poverty. Another reason for the poor, some of them is, They just talk. They have all these great plans. They can always talk and come up with these great plans, but they never do anything. Just talk. You ever been around somebody that has all these great ideas and great inventions, but they never do anything about it? Another one we'd like to look at in Chapter 6, because we saw last week, was bad financial decisions. You know, you can easily... I had a customer, he's a doctor, well-known in Tulsa area. His family is well-known. Um... And he had invested money with a large nation company, national company. But whoever the broker or the person was took the money and never invested it. Never, he didn't have any paperwork. So his entire uh, financial stuff was gone. And so he was having to work well beyond what he would normally retire because everything was lost because of a poor financial decisions. And so that can happen to people, and it can be bad financial decisions to lead to poor. But the other one, I think it's important for us to look at, is in chapter thirteen. Notice in uh, verse twenty-three, abundant food is in the fellow ground of the poor, but is swept away by injustice now, beyond their control. Do you have? Court systems and other things that can take things from people that they shouldn't be taken because the people who are, have means can steal it from them. And You have that. You, if you remember, even when Jesus, when he threw out the money changers and so on, why was he so upset? With they would be bringing an animal, and they would then say, "What your animal is what? Perfect. It's not perfect, imperfect. But we have one over here you can buy." They also wouldn't accept their money, so you have to have temple money. So then they do an exchange. Okay, this should the exchange would be like if you go anywhere today, if you go overseas, if you had American money, they'll be go to a bank and they'll give you an exchange. But there's different exchanges that's out there, and they then can rip you off, and they were ripping them off, and you're stuck, and you have to have this, and they're ripping them off the exchange. So there are times when you have the ports beyond their control. You could have, uh, in being in an agricultural society, you could have the pestilence that could come through, the lack of rain, all these things, and you could have poor beyond their control. Ruth is an example. That's beyond her control, that her her husband dies, brother-in-law dies, her father-in-law dies, and you can't own land if you're a female in Israel at that time. (coughs) Think about it. Beyond she's poor, but it was nothing because of what she had done. So I think it's important to realize when we look at. It. So what? Did, what should our response be to poor? Look over in chapter twenty-two. There are some different responses. Some good, some not. Chapter twenty-two, verse twenty-two
1: and twenty-three. Do not
0: rob the poor because he is poor, or crush the afflicted at the gate. But going to the gate for what reason? for their case to be heard. Notice in 23, the Lord will plead their case and take the life of those who robbed them. So one response is you can take advantage of. you have anybody, we have that happening much today where people are taking advantage of a different one? Uh, I just read of, uh, or heard of one just last week who was $28 short on their payment. They lost it well if it's a you know habitual thing but what happens the car breaks down other things happen and you're $28 short on your monthly payment you pay all of it but $28 you'd think okay then next month make up the $28 or get it to me and you'd be okay nope lost it all in case they missed on $28 that's taking advantage of someone when they're doing it but we do have you know there are some I think it's interesting we go over to chapter uh, 29 we have another one notice in verse 7 the righteous is concerned for the rights of the poor the wicked does not understand such concern we recognize the claim of the poor and there are times when we need to help the And there are things beyond their control. I think it's important. You can take advantage of them or you can really try to understand what's going on and try to help someone when they're in that position. Um, that's one of the things you see a lot when you go buy things. How many of them have the interest rate for three months? That's fine. But have you read the small print? What happens if you miss one day or relate one day? You're for all the interest and what type of interest rate is it? It's an astronomical interest rate. So make sure that you pay it on time or ahead of time because obviously with the mail system, <laughs> Jane's not here, I can say this, it could be a few days <laughs> would, She would she'd say it too. It's amazing. You have to make sure it's on time or you lose an amazing amount of money. So look at it. I think it's in, important when you have the poor, there is, we can take advantage or we can recognize it. And if you... Uh, I think. Notice also in chapter 19, then just about it, another one we have. Notice in verse 17, 19:17. 17, who you is gracious to a poor man lends to the Lord, and the Lord will repay him for his good deed. I think so often you give to the poor; it's a legitimate need. You may not get it back but the Lord will repay. He doesn't say when, but he will repay. And so I think it's important for us when you look at it, you have the, the thief who's stealing from people and he's lying and he does d- everything, or the sluggard who doesn't ever get started, just keeps putting it off and never really does his job. But we do have those who are truly are poor, and they do need help beyond their control, and we need to help them. That's part of why we have set up the benevolence and so on, because we have had scammers come through, and there's an awful lot of scammers. Where I work, if uh, anyone been around there, there's an amazing number of people down there scamming people all the time for uh, for different things. What we need to work, it's what God's designed for us to do, but there are some little legitimate. He also, in the Book of Proverbs, he then uh, praises for those who work hard, and I think it's important for us to look at it too. In chapter 11, notice in verse 24, so, you have the thief and the sluggard, and then you have the, the poor. But then you also have the one that works hard. 11 24 and 25. There is one who scatters, it increases all the more. And there is one who withholds what is justly due, but it results only in one. The generous man will be prosperous. He'll water, he who waters will himself be watered. So, the first one characteristic of a hard worker, he broadcasts the seed but he also broadcasts it and he's going to be doing it not just for himself but also for others um, if you have um, in that agricultural society you have the seed if you keep it off yourself and eat it what's going to happen next year so you have to have some of it you've got to broadcast and you got to do it in order to get corn or whatever it may be for next year but as the God waters and brings the increase it's not only just for you but your broadcast to help your neighbor like Boaz did with Ruth and others. Everybody else that came into his fields were allowed to do the same. So I think we need to broadcast for ourselves and others. Uh, since you're in chapter 11, what about verse 28? He who trusts in his riches will fall, but the righteous will flourish like the green leaf. Don't trust in our wealth, but how many times do we do? One medical... Instant, what happens to your wealth? Or if you look at your four hundred one k uh, one, just a few months of uh, difficulty, and what happens? I mean, it plummets so fast you don't have enough time to make up the difference. So we have to trust in the Lord. Do our part. Work hard. Be willing to give and help others. But realize that uh, don't trust in it. You have to trust in the Lord. Chapter twenty one. You'll see this one a lot, and we hear—I hear a lot of work. Proverbs twenty-one and verse five. Notice the plans of the diligent leads to what? Okay, to a surplus. Everyone who is hasty comes to poverty. Work—the way they put it—is plan your work, and then what? Work your plan. And uh, we need to do the same thing. Plan your work and then work your plan. And when we do that, you also don't uh, forget something and make the mistakes. And as uh, Christians, we need to do the same thing. We, that's why you have the uh, council and why they're planning the budget, doing all these other things, how much money is coming in, how much money is going out, what do we predict is going to be our expenses, all that kind of stuff. And so we need to plan our work. In chapter 22, notice in verse 7. The rich rules over the poor and the borrower becomes the lender's slave. Don't incur a debt you can't handle. That's how many people do? It's amazing how many times they say you qualify for this much debt. And you look at me, I may qualify for that much debt, but uh, you better not take on that much debt. If you do, one false, one little mistake and you lose it all. A lot of people today right now, they're on the variable in, uh, interest rate. What's happening to them? You know, when you go from 1%, 1.5%, 2%, and it's getting up to 7%, that's astronomical in a house payment. And, uh, and I remember, I'll never forget, I was in the bank, and a lady was going to do something, in the, and I remember writing a check. She goes, yeah, it's a hot check. I know it's a hot check, but I'm writing a hot check for this, from a house payment or whatever it is. Because the bank you know, charged me a overdraft of $35 or whatever, but that's better than with the charge I'm going to get from the place that I'm writing the hot check to. They'll charge me more. She goes, it may not make sense to you, but it makes sense to me. <laughs> okay. Okay, why don't you do you know, And obviously she had done it before. Why don't you just, you already know what's coming, uh, you know, plan ahead. But it's amazing when you you know, some of the logic just doesn't make sense. In fact, I remember reading this, and it reminded me, my dad has this sign in his shop. Use it up, wear it out, make it do, do without. How many of you ever heard of that one? You know, there's a lot of truth to that. If you don't, uh, you know, you, you want to make sure that you use what you have and don't just go in debt. So many people are buying things to keep up with somebody else. they It's amazing how many times they're doing it. So-and-so has it, so I have to work. It's amazing. There was a big push for quite a while. Who's going to have the biggest, baddest pickup? And, I mean, they had put, I mean, $80,000 pickup. but you never see them haul anything. It's kind of like, why do you need a diesel pickup with all that if you're not going to haul anything? Now, I understand that there's plenty that haul stuff, and they need it. They have cattle, and they do a lot of stuff. Well, there's plenty that, I mean, that's a pickup that... That bed of that truck never gets touched. Uh, but again, why are we doing it? Because one of them has this. If you don't believe it, look at your different companies. One has a 6.6, so the next one has to come out with what? A 6.7. Yeah, each competing. One has a 396. The next one comes out with a 400. One has a 326. I need a 327. You yeah, know, everybody's always competing the different companies, and it's been going on forever. Competing. Look about chapter 22. What about verse 29? But you see a man skilled in his work and he'll stand before kings. He will not stand before an obscure man. A hard worker is going to be recognized by others. One of the best jobs you can have today is in India of the skills. You're going to always want a plumber. You're going to always want an air conditioning person, all those different ones, and they will go in any places you and I will never be able to get to because of that. Everybody wants their car worked on, Can mechanic. Working hard, and they can have a place they're going to go a lot of places. So think about it. I think that one of the best things to consider in Matthew 25 and verse 21, I'll just give it to you. It said, Jesus, you know, is obviously speaking, well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful with a few things, I will put you in charge of many things. Now, how many of us want to hear that? Well done, good and faithful servant. It's our choice, but we can be the thief. We can be the sluggard. We can get uh, with the poor. At times, many of us have probably been in the same. We have been poor, but you work hard. But we want to help people when they are in trouble. But then also, the the one who is working hard, save for the rainy day or whatever it might be. So think about it. Tells a lot of it, but how many times are we passing this on to our grandchildren and our kids? No, you shouldn't buy that. You know, one of the best things to do is give them money and, or you know, whatever they're at the place. Okay, you only have that much money. What's the first thing they're going to do? The very first place they go, they spend it. And then what happens when they get to the second, third place? They want to buy something. It's good, valuable lessons. Don't give them more money. Let them realize, okay, wait. Next time, really look around before you spend that money. You only can spend it one time. So just be thinking about it. If you look through it, what type of uh, worker are we? And then what do we do with the wealth that God's given us? Do we keep it for ourselves or are we willing to share it?